1: Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. Scott's out this week in some country. I don't know where he is. But my friend and journalist Maureen Dowd from the New York Times is stepping into the mic today. She's from Washington. We're broadcasting from Washington. Maureen, welcome to Pivot. Thank you, Kara. Thank you for doing this. Now, you got a general sense of what you're supposed to be, Scott, but please be like a thousand times less obnoxious. That would
2: well, be my only role in life is do whatever Kara tells me, so.
1: Okay, that's a great rule. That's a fa- <laughs> okay. I think everyone should do that rule. Anyway, we're going to talk about a bunch of new stuff and, and things like that. Just for people people do know who you are, but explain who Maureen Dowd is. She is a famous columnist.
2: Uh, I have a column at the Times, and I also have a... Um, uh, feature in the style section, um, where I interview people sometimes from Silicon Valley. So you so you you like tech or do you do you, you're very interested in it, right? Yeah, I'm fascinated with it in a sort of a Mary Shelley way that these, <laughs> Explain, that these are a group of people who think they are creating, you know, are gods creating mm-hmm. people and universes and things and uh, possibly killer robots. And, you know, in some ways, a lot of them are are like little boys in that Palo Alto apartment where Sergey Brin and—or mm-hmm. and, uh, is it just Larry Page and Elon?
1: I don't know. It's all <laughs> of them. Yeah, altogether. yeah, and they
2: talk about rockets to Mars yeah. and fast cars and— you know, all these amazing things. But, you know, in other ways, uh, there are overlords. Although, as Barry Diller says, really, AI is yeah. the overlord, yeah. so not these guys. How do
1: you, when you go They're see the them, how do they the compare overlord. to Washington people? You,
2: well, you that's, sort of are steeped in this. That is exactly why I love talking to scientists and engineers, because you ask them a question and they give you an answer and tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't, in Washington, that's the opposite obviously more intensely so now in the trump era but it's it's often hard to get a straight answer out of a politician
1: so you like meeting with them or meeting or, or, or seeing them yeah they
2: think so differently and they answer questions so differently and um you know when you're in silicon valley you realize people in washington think the universe revolves around them
3: yeah <laughs>
1: You
2: know, they're diluted.
1: Right. And who does the universe revolve around? Well, I think at the moment
2: it revolves around Silicon Valley.
1: And still, and do you think that Washington's yeah. going to get them again this time with regulation? Is that like a big...
2: I don't know. You know, uh, just in the past couple of years, the, the, the uh, tenor of how we think about Silicon Valley has grown so dark, you know, that uh, Sheryl Sandberg and the others have admitted that they... Don't know how to keep control of their monsters. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, Congress is barely able to speak the language. So I don't know that obviously will change with people like AOC. Mm-hmm. You know, who is completely fluent in uh,
1: social media. Yes, she is. She is absolutely. Has what? What is the state of Washington right now? And then we'll get to the big story breakdowns. What, what is the state? What? How do you? How do you? Been pretty tough on the Trump administration. It's sort of moving in on Mueller now. And how do you feel right now, two, uh, three I years would in, I would say the state is frenzied. Still. You know, the
2: latest is that the Mueller report might be coming out next week. Mm-hmm. So everyone is completely frenzied. But, you know, it could be that the Mueller report is very disappointing to liberals who mm-hmm. have so much invested in it. I mean, not it might not be everything they're hoping and dreaming. They right. might not be able to
1: impeach Trump, right? And so, what do you, what is the the feelings around after this many years into the Trump administration, which seems to be one thing after the next, essentially?
2: Well, you know, uh, it seems ridiculous to use the words Trump and Dickens in the same sentence. <laughs> well, we're
1: with Mary Shelley, so go right ahead.
2: <laughs> but Trump has an unbelievable talent for cliffhangers, mm-hmm. and you know, in in our in our section, the Times Review section, they try and chart whether there is Trump fatigue. But um, I I just have absolute faith in Donald Trump that if Trump fatigue starts to set in, he will do something so self-destructive and crazy that Mm -hmm. he will grab back our attention. I'm sure today in the White House, he is absolutely fuming because Michael Cohen postponed his testimony long Mm -hmm. enough that it's going to be... On uh, the same day that he's in Vietnam trying to win a Nobel Peace Prize, Cohen is going to be talking about, <laughs> about porn tra- models, yeah, porn uh, Playboy models and porn stars.
1: Right, got to keep those. So
2: apart. it's uh, yeah. So what it's a porn model, <laughs> Marie? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It's That's a job. A good question. We uh, don't judge here. At yeah, the pivot, just no. Here. Uh, um, but so there'll be a split screen. Right. Which will, you know, Driving that is the essence of what drives them crazy. Yeah.
1: All right. Let's get to the, some of the stories. So this week, you yeah, know, speaking of like crazy things in Washington, you know, the cable networks have all sort of made us all feel awful all the time. But CNN hired uh, Sarah Isger. She's a former Trump aide. She worked for Jeff Sessions as a new political editor to help run its 2020 election coverage. She was a spokesman and senior counsel at the Justice Department for Sessions, Jeff Sessions. Previously, she served as deputy campaign manager for Carly Fiorina during her terribly failed presidential bid. She doesn't have any journalism appearance that we can understand of. And so what do you think about this? What do you you imagine they're trying to do there? Well,
2: I think she sold herself to CNN and MSNBC as someone who could uh, help, who had deep knowledge with the Mueller report. Mm -hmm. And it's already paid off because CNN broke the story about how the Mueller report might be coming next week. Mm -hmm. So I don't believe in hiring people who have made a living trashing you? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but she did. She called the Clinton news. Right. Work. Or and I also don't believe in hiring uh, political operatives. As journalists.
1: Yeah. So why does that happen? I mean, it's like all over. Well, you know, uh,
2: this woman aside, we're in an era when, you know, the very people who sold Sarah Palin in the Iraq War are liberal heroes on MSNBC. Right. You know, so (laughs) she's the least of
1: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all are. We're all cheering them now because they're not awful. Yeah. The
2: liberals were so shocked when Steve Schmidt, you know, took two million or whatever to go work for Howard Schultz Mm -hmm. as though... You know, he was some pure liberal just right. because he hates Trump. Yeah, Everyone's washing was themselves never in nice the blood to, of yeah. Trump, right. right? Right.
1: So, what does that do? What does that do to cable? I mean, wh- how do you look at the, like, when you, they do this, does it matter or is it just a circus, just a ridiculous circus? Oh, that she. Yeah, that she's going to run political coverage.
2: Or well, something. I'm sure they'll spin it like um, we all missed uh in 2016,
1: the Trump researchers. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I didn't. And probably mm-hmm. you didn't because we have family members. Yes, we do. We <laughs> do. Voting, you and I know. Vote, yep. We mm-hmm. know. But maybe their attitude will be, well, you know, we have to have more diversity of outlook. But in an era when all these journalists are getting laid off... Mm-hmm. Why are we hiring political operatives who trash journalists?
1: Yes, indeed. That is a the thing. I think they might be trying to sort of thwart Trump's calling them fake news, or but I think they'll continue to do so because it's part of the circus, right? Well, here's
2: one interesting tidbit. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking to Steve Bannon, and he
1: said— that, I was just talking
2: to Steve yeah, like at the coffee shop. You probably know this, but he was saying that— Fox is not Trump's favorite network that CNN is. Uh-huh. You know uh-huh. That, he loves him
1: some dumb lemon. Well,
2: because, yeah. <laughs> Don't Secretly, Secretly, yeah. Um, because he has to pay more attention. He takes it more seriously in a way because right. it's not a slammed dog. He
1: loves the New York Times, right?
2: Yes, he's obsessed with the New York Times the same way Bush Sr. was because his father was. Mm-hmm. You know, he grew up with a father reading it, and Trump did too. And, you know— he, we were. He called us mm-hmm. after he got elected. We were right. the first call. Right. And he came over and he said we were the you crown jewel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we were the crown jewel of journalism. And he was just loving on us. Mm-hmm. And you know he's obsessed with Maggie Haberman. And I think he and is. You a, too, I think. Well, he, you know, he stopped speaking to me during when my book came out and I was promoting it. It was funny. I was on this Mercana show promoting my book and I Mm -hmm. guess I said something negative about him. And um, he began tweeting that I was a wacky neurotic dope. But the funny thing is I was (laughs) thinking, who's up at 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning watching CNN?
1: (laughs) Then it was him. Okay, a a wacky neurotic dope. Yeah. Do you have a special nickname?
2: Uh, he hasn't given me a nickname you and, wish you had. Uh, well, according to, um, Chris Christie, mm-hmm. if he doesn't give you a nickname, like he hasn't given Nancy one, that means he respects you underneath it all. I see. He trashes you, but there's some what lingering. What would be your nickname? Uh, uh, W called me Cobra. Cobra. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, No. No. Trump hasn't given me one. Have you, t- you used I, I've to know been, him
1: pretty well, right? You talked to him, not infrequently. Yeah,
2: I talked to him for 30 years. Yeah. I talked to him in 1987 mm-hmm. when Mikhail Gorbachev came to America for the first time. Mm-hmm. He was meeting with New York businessmen, and I called Trump before he met with him. Mm-hmm. And he said, we have to be really careful. We have to be really skeptical about mm-hmm. the Soviet Union. We can't. Right. Right. You know, get rolled by them and then I called him after the meeting and it's like, I love them, they're amazing. They asked me to build a Trump Tower in Moscow. So <laughs> the, so the Russians were on to him so fast. It was one compliment.
1: Right. And yeah. they had him. Yeah, that's it. Do you do you think you'd get him back if you complimented him? Uh,
2: yeah, Jared told me that. Jared Kushner said if I if I put out two nice tweets and a nice column or one nice tweet and two nice columns or <laughs> something. <laughs> He,
1: he might talk to me again. Oh my goodness. My goodness. So the other thing that you wrote about recently, I'm going to move from Trump to to another one of Trump's uh I don't know, enemies, I guess, Jeff Bezos, um who owns the Washington Post, but more importantly, he is the CEO and founder of Amazon. Now you wrote about uh about the demise of HQ2 and and AOC sort of and Bernie Sanders pushing them out. What do you how do you you had a great take on that sort of it was talk about that.
2: Well, I think that, um, you know, again, we can't look at any news story without seeing the backdrop of what's happened, the darkening of our view mm-hmm. of of Silicon Valley and also uh, the fallout of no one getting punished mm-hmm. in the financial crisis. Mm-hmm. I mean, these major things that happen in the country infect everything, elections, stories. So... You know, Bezos could behave one way before, but mm-hmm. now, you know, he, he sort of represents um, all the arrogance and ruthlessness mm-hmm. that people have, have now come to associate Bezos right. and Zuckerberg and people like that with. And that's why that one moment where he stood up to the National Enquirer was his one, well, also how he's handled the post mm-hmm. or sort of heroic moments, but in general... You know, he's part of the problem in Silicon right. Valley. Were Just you his attitude.
1: That he pulled out of there. Um, no,
2: because that that they are still of the mindset that New York was lucky to have them, right. rather than you know they were lucky to have New
1: York. Right. And did you, were you surprised New York pushed back so hard? Um,
2: well, it wasn't all of New York.
1: Right no no <laughs> I have de blasio right.
2: and well, Cuomo on won my losers list oh yeah
1: that's true we'll get to that in a yeah. second um but were you where where do you, where does it go Do you think it's going to have a backlash not bringing them there um i think you know i think
2: that um somebody had to push back well part of it also was his clue you know the cluelessness mm-hmm. of uh Amazon about the uh, union situation in New York yeah and, everything and,
1: else. and yeah. other things not fixing anything just coming in and
2: right. I mean, I think it would have been really good for Jeff Bezos on the heels of his positive publicity about the National Enquirer mm-hmm. if instead of just you know pulling out,
1: <laughs> oh my god he
2: had met Careful. With, Careful. he Careful. had met with our queen yeah, right he had met with our queen mm-hmm. AOC. yeah and uh you know tried to offer some emoluments mm-hmm. to make it work or he given back it. some of the money he yeah he
1: it. can't do it what did you th- what do you think of how she how she got this house. She was one of the many people who pushed against it. I but know, you know, the all the
2: guys in my office roll their eyes when her name comes up.
1: Mm-hmm. But I have a real soft spot for her because I have watched... Uh, she was a bartender when Amazon first talked about going there, which was first announced this thing. Which is I know, very I love...
2: I Yeah, I love her trajectory. But mm-hmm. also, I've just watched for decades while Democrats... Democrats were too scared to even call themselves liberals. Mm-hmm. You know, they've always been, you know, in the language of uh and mm-hmm. you know, they've always been the submissives. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they of have. Course. And so I love her whole fierce, you know, don't screw with me attitude. I just love it. I think if, if she can, you know, learn her way around Washington and get get things and not ban our planes and cows. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) You know, I just, I've interviewed her. I just think she's great. You know, she's not perfect, Mm -hmm. but she has the fight. You know, even Hillary Clinton, if Hillary Clinton had had a little of that fight, right? like in the debate with Trump, when he was lurking around behind her, if she had turned around and said, yeah. Get the hell you know, I asked out her about of my that. frame. I asked
1: her about that in an interview, and she said she should have said something. Yes. It you was, know. you know, it's that. She felt like she'd get attacked if she's, if she's a you creepy person. You well, know. that's why she was always
2: hamstrung. You know, yeah. she was always sort of overthinking and overcorrecting. You're not her favorite, as I recall. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you've been tough on Well, them. this is another thing that bugs me about Democrats. Right. They just want you to censor mm-hmm. and not talk about the flaws of Democrats and only talk about the flaws of Republicans, but right. you can kind of see what they're doing wrong and everyone else can see. So it would be better if they would
1: just read the column and right. make a correction. Make a correction. Yeah. So last question in this area. So the, all the pres- there seems to be a presidential candidate every hour, um, a different one. How do you think about the various rollouts of all of them?
2: Yeah. At some point, an advisor to Obama told me that uh, Obama had already talked to 46 people, and that was, you know, five, <laughs> five months ago. Right. Um. Well, I'm running for president, Maureen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would vote for you. Yeah.
1: Um, what do you, how, who do you think has done a good job in the rollouts?
2: I think, you know, Amy Klobuchar seems very appealing, mm-hmm. but I think this throwing things at staffers is mm-hmm. very problematical, mm-hmm. more so because she does seem so appealing. It's right. kind of like, where is that coming from? Right, right, you know?
1: right. Um, and Nobody likes a lady who throws things.
2: Yeah, and I love the whole uh, Kamala Harris and uh, Willie Brown. Willie Brown keeps writing columns <laughs> about how <laughs> they had this affair, but and he helped her get jobs, but so what? He helped Nancy Pelosi. I think, yeah. you know, that's a funny—
1: Women running have a whole yeah, level A whole different thing. Different thing. So how, how, how did you like—who uh, else just—was it was Elizabeth Warren? Who was this weekend? Or was it Bernie Sanders? Uh, well, Bernie Sanders, yeah. That's right, Bernie Sanders,
2: I think I am one of the ones who thinks Bernie Sanders, you know, uh, and Biden had their sh- had their best shot last time. I yeah. could be wrong. But, yeah. uh, you know, I just feel like at some point you've move got along, to move dudes. on and have some fresh leadership. That sounds like a Morning endowed
1: column, I think. I need one. You need one. <laughs> you need <laughs> one by pro. when do you have to have it by?
2: Uh, tomorrow. Okay. Night at right. seven thirty.
1: That's a good one right there. All right, we're gonna take a quick break and we get back. We're here with Maureen Dowd of the New York Times. We're gonna talk about wins and fails, and Maureen's gonna make some predictions. We're here with Maureen Dowd. Welcome to Wins and Fails segments of Pivots, where we get to call out all the people who are messing things up and highlight a couple of people doing it right. Um, so we're going to do a bunch of Wins and Fails. Calling Rutger Bregman, who who was the uh, the historian who was on the stage at Davos, who called out billionaires and suggested we should uh, be talking about tax avoidance. Uh, a moron, even though it looked like Rutger Bregman was very smart. Um, he also called him a bunch of other things. And the line that I think Rutger Bregman had that was really amazing was calling him, Tucker Carlson Tucky a millionaire who works for billionaires and sort of just does their bidding and doesn't talk about these issues about the wealthy being too wealthy. Uh, are you, this is a big move, this idea of the wealth. It's going to hit Silicon Valley people, all kinds of people, the wealthy being too wealthy and taxing them. Uh, AOC has one, Elizabeth Warren. I just talked to her advisors on that. How do you look at that? What do you, how, that,
2: Again, I look at it in the larger context of the Obama administration not punishing any of the bankers. I think
1: mm-hmm. that's a fair point.
2: Everything is stemming from this
1: anger mm-hmm. that that was not resolved properly. Right, right, and that this—do you think it has it has legs or because there's so many of these proposals? Or-
2: yeah, I do. Because now isn't it
1: a majority of Democrats who yeah. think it's okay? The seventy percent. Lots of tax, people do yeah. actually. Lots of lots more people than you think. He, this is what Rocker Bregman was saying: more people than you think. Well, they brought a- this on themselves by being pigs. You know? <laughs> I always say, if there's So poor, all they have is money. Um, All right, your your fail. Oh, my fail. Well, let's see. I wrote down a lot of them. I gave you
2: the split screen one. Okay, good. Um, And also, I think Cuomo and De Blasio are a fail because they couldn't present. They couldn't either negotiate this thing or present this thing in a way that could. Or save this thing right. <laughs> in a way that could make it work. Right. You know, because in some ways it would have been nice to mm-hmm. have all those innovators in New York if it had been properly done. And oh, and I told you, I think um, Trump has a fail when he talks about the press and goes up against Deji AG Salzberger as enemy of the people, because every time he does that, our digital subscriptions jump.
1: Right. Which is good, <laughs>
2: Which is and amazing. obviously Jesse Smollett is a fail. Yeah, yeah. Talk because, about that. Because you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, stage a homophobic and racist attack, I guess you shouldn't do it with extras from your own show. But no. also, it might be a fail for the media. The police were just having a press conference chastising the media because uh, we're also eager to believe the anti-Trump mm-hmm. plot
1: lines, right? You know, and we have to be careful also in. Covington. Yeah, do you remember a long time? This is the this is the the teen who they're suing the Washington Post um, over this. I'm not sure why they picked the Washington Post particularly over anybody else, um, but uh, but they but this idea of the jumping to conclusions. Yes, I, I was. But a also, myself. you know,
2: I was thinking uh, while I was watching this press conference. I guess the reason he did it is because he wanted a bigger salary. So it would have been better if he just read Lean In and took <laughs> Sheryl Sandberg's <laughs> advice. The way to get a bigger salary is to smile at your boss during salary
1: Yeah, he's not gonna get any salary now. He's right. gonna be out of salaries. Yeah, he's definitely a failure. It was it's depressing because, you know, issues around uh, people of color and gay people are very severe in this country, for real. Right. Um, and so to to use that and and then add it on to a Trump thing just was was just, it's just I, I can't even think of someone who would think of some, doing something like that you might yeah, joke you know, about it.
2: That show Empire is based on King Lear, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of comparisons these days with Trump mm-hmm. and King Lear. You know, howling at the moon. This is so in like,
1: the storm. Maureen.
3: I know we got, it. We got Shelley, and Dickens. <laughs> You're
1: bringing, we're bringing Shakespeare in. Um, I think a a win was these these documentaries about uh, R. Kelly and Michael Jackson, oh, right? Um, and the new Alex Gibney one about the yes, exactly. That's coming out. That's the, in That's a couple on of HBO, weeks. It's on yeah. HBO. Um, there's several of them. What do you think of these? I mean, they're all sort of finally telling the tales of what occurred. Um, the one on uh, Jackson, I think it's called Leaving Neverland. Um, Well, how do you look at these? It's interesting because um, my friend Maureen
2: Orth did some groundbreaking stories on Michael Jackson and Vanity Fair. You know, twenty years ago, and she would tell me at the time about the vicious reaction of Michael Jackson fans, Mm -hmm. and she'd say it would be worse, you know, the next day because when the ones from Europe weighed in, you were really in trouble. And I, I just thought I'm, you know, when I wrote about it last weekend. Mm Uh, were tell so, them what you said, Well, I was great. I but. just was writing about the documentary, and, mm-hmm. you know, these two kids, one was seven and one was eight or nine, you know, when he began abusing them. They're now in their 40s, and when they had sons of their own, and their sons are reaching that age, they have intense uh, trauma mm-hmm. symptoms, and they just felt like they couldn't hide the secret anymore, even though they had backed him up in they testimony that, that, and had, helped I get him that off— Yeah, but um, because this was the interesting thing to me, they were in love with him. Mm -hmm. He made them fall in love with him, and also their mothers.
1: Yeah, the mothers and the mothers are so scary
2: because they are still in awe of him. They talk about how they got the limos and the credit cards and the cars and the houses and Mm -hmm. Neverland. And one mother talks about the champagne and the wine and Mm -hmm. the wine cellar at Neverland and how great it was. And you're you're just cringing because. You know, one mother is very proud of herself because Michael Jackson said, just leave your son here for a year because mm-hmm. he would have one right. child companion for a year and then he'd move on to another. And the mother said, no, I'm not going to leave him. I'll share him with you. <laughs> that was her idea of standing up to Michael Jackson. Which is, like, amazing.
1: It's an yeah. astonishing thing that Pete It's astonishing. And,
2: you know, it's, it's a, sort of a saga about how celebrity warps judgment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from O.J. to Bill Cosby to anything, Mm -hmm. you know, people who are famous can get away with things. Do you think
1: that's true anymore? I mean, look, this R. Kelly thing came out, although he's still operating, he's still not jailed. Uh, Yeah, I think
2: that continues to be true. Michael Jackson was a level of star that we rarely see anymore. Hollywood doesn't have that many stars anymore, you know, so it was much more intense. But, yes, I think celebrity continues to warp.
1: To warp people. Do you imagine all this Me Too thing will have resonance? I mean, the Times was one of the papers that really pushed it. Ronan Farrow was someone else who did that.
2: Um, I think, yes, I think that it definitely put a lot of creeps on notice. But I don't think anything will change in Hollywood until we have more than 1% of women directors on the top 100 grossing films and cinematographers. I mean, as long as those statistics remain the same, it's very much like Saudi Arabia or the Catholic Church. If you have a society that systematically excludes the hearts and brains of women, you're going to have a sick, warped society.
1: Right, the Catholic Church this week, all this yeah. stuff. I mean, out.
2: Silicon Valley, yeah. too. Oh,
1: well, hello. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You do have a warped thing. Um, when, when, In that, that zone, when you think about those cultures, wh- where is the change point from your perspective? Where do you imagine it shifting? Because Washington was like, that now it's much more. There's many more women in we have Nancy Pelosi. It took a
2: long time, though. Yeah, yeah. It, it took a crazy long time. Um, I don't know. You know, I think Pelosi is an interesting uh, sort of emblematic figure because she, when we see her wielding power in that fierce, effective way, and that's what I was saying about AOC... I think that's what's really going to
1: change the dynamic. Be, although women do that every day in the home, right? They often, right, do. right. So what w- it needs a public thing, with yeah. The code. Just to see the code. like little girls growing up, seeing that
2: right. women successfully wielding power. Right, I think is will change. On things. the
1: flip side, you have Elizabeth. Uh, from uh, Theranos uh, Holmes. Right. Was, well, She doesn't represent all women, but it certainly is Well, there's this
2: uh, amazing new story in Vanity Fair by Nick Bilton talking mm-hmm. about how, you know, even when she was going down, she didn't think she was going down, she so didn't. she got some Siberian husky named Balto mm-hmm. and as a symbolic gesture about the Siberian Huskies who in 1925 brought the anti-toxin in right. Alaska for diphtheria. Yeah, and too. you're thinking, oh my God, this lady I, is so bananas. Yeah, she, she
1: shows up she's, at an event. She, <laughs> she shows up at events, I see her.
2: And she has another startup?
1: Yeah, I see her at events. What kind
2: of startup? I don't know. I just, I move quickly past her. Yeah, well, you were on to her.
1: Well, no, I wasn't. I just didn't cover you her. You knew something was I don't, weird. Luckily, Rico doesn't cover health care, like no. didn't have a reporter. But I just found it. I just never put her on stage. I didn't. It was a weird, it was a weird feeling. I had a big argument with Bob Iger about it because uh, he was like, you should put more women on stage like that. And I was like, I don't know. It's That's the one part
2: of the new documentary. Two things I would like yeah. to see more of. I would like to see the explanation of her strange, deep voice that she put I on. it's not real. And I would like to see more about how she kind of ensorcelled all these older guys. Yeah, what's with that? Yeah weird. Even Jim Mattis, that was a disappointment. All of them, all yeah. of them,
1: it was amazing. You know, and the, even Schultz. Well, Schultz and the grandson. Yeah, it were, that
2: to me was, it was so, he was so smitten with her that he couldn't see his grandson yeah. was telling the truth. Yep,
1: yep. It was a really, it's a strange story, and I don't know where it's going to go. She's still under possible under indictment, and it, it could get bad, worse for her, which is really interesting. But you know, in Silicon Valley, a lot of the people like, look, Travis Kalanick has his thing. Everybody gets to come back, um, despite all kinds of problems. And in some cases it's just a regular fail, like what happened with Apple and Steve Jobs. And sometimes it's like, wow, you're back. Here you are again. Well, how did, we thought you stayed down. You know what I mean. But they don't. <laughs> That's stay your down. motto, right? My, yeah, stay down, right? I told Maureen that. I'm using that. Yeah, stay down. When yeah. are you going to stop? When you stay down, got that? I think it's a good. It's a good motto. Um, all right. So now we're going to finish up and talking about predictions, Maureen uh, Scott. A couple weeks ago, he predicted famously that Amazon is going to buy Whole Foods, pushing into the healthcare space. I uh, I predicted that Amazon would get out. We thought that we, have, we know so much would get out of New York. Um, Escape from New York. Do you have any predictions? Um, I've got three. Okay. How many could, do you, have time you can, for? Have as many as you want. Okay. Uh, speaking of Pelosi,
2: mm-hmm. prediction is that um, she's marshaling her forces. Congress will reverse Trump's declaration, but he'll veto the emergency. it and they can't override it. Right. Okay. Uh, I think that the. Um, Democrats will probably pick um, Milwaukee as their convention site oh. because Wisconsin will never be forgotten again. No. Miami's fun, but Wisconsin will fun. never be forgotten. Uh, and um, finally, um, Jared Kushner is about to. Announces Middle East peace plan. Oh, and uh, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman will mm-hmm. be at the center of it. The oh, Trump goodness. administration is still going to try and revive him, even though he's a psycho.
1: Yeah, Mr. Brown, I call him. A yeah, Mohammed and Bosa. there's
2: also mm-hmm. a scandal brewing with Jared and Tom Barrett. What's what? What Flynn about? on? Uh, giving oh. nuclear reactors yeah. to Saudi Arabia. Yeah,
1: What do you think so. of Jared? You see, we mentioned him earlier, I mean, honestly. What did Kelly yeah. say? Well, that's, that's
2: the King Lear part, you Yeah, know, the king, mad king, surrounded by all these, you know, duplicitous, scheming relatives. <laughs> Which
1: means Jared, okay. <laughs> what do you really think? <laughs> um, that's that, that's disturbing that he's coming up with a Mates plan. It's
2: like
1: yeah. a, a child playing at government. It really is.
2: Well, yeah, I did hear him one night talking about uh, bringing deliverables to Saudi Arabia and a chill went down my spine because that means uh, weapons that right. can be used to kill children in Yemen. Right. So, yeah. yeah, they don't, don't understand know if, the implications yeah, I don't know if they're it. the ones. Do you think Ivanka will
1: ever run? I think, That's what I keep hearing when I'm
2: here. I think she would have liked to at one point, and I think maybe she thinks about it, but... I just think it's going to be hard for Ivanka and Jared after they get out of this administration. If they yeah. go back to New York, I would yeah. think they'd be sort of pariahs in
1: the elite. Oh, come on, those people. They need their children.
2: You think so? Yes,
1: I do, Maureen. I don't have as much faith in humanity as you. I live in well, Silicon Valley, right. Valley. You're right. You know what I mean? Cara's always right. <laughs> No, it's true. Come on. Are you kidding? Wouldn't it be great to have Ivanka versus Chelsea? Wouldn't that be interesting?
2: I don't know. Barry Diller seemed kind of disillusioned. About? About Jared and Ivanka.
1: Yes, they did. So, in fact, this is my prediction. Uh, uh, I think uh, Netflix will be the first streaming service to win the Oscar for Best Picture with Roma, which I loved. Well, they've got Harvey Weinstein's old Oscar wrangler. Yes, exactly. The old Oscar wrangler. Anyway, I interviewed Barry Diller this week, speaking of which, and he said, and we'll listen to this very quickly, that Hollywood was over irrelevant. Then what happens in Hollywood now? What is it? How do you look at it when you look at Hollywood? Hollywood
4: is now irrelevant. I mean, it has nothing. That's a
1: big statement. Explain. It is.
4: Look, it will make and continue to make programming. Right. Clearly. And that is, was one of its functions. But what happened to the entertainment business since the early, you know, 100 years ago is that the, basically, let's start with radio. Radio essentially was dominated by NBC, CBS. And as the decades went on, they were able to, because the hegemony was complete, they were then able to get into television. Then they were able to get into the cable business. Then they were able to get into all these, business, all of which, not that they founded them, but when they got big enough, they would buy them. So right. little Warner Brothers studio bought Time Inc which bought was had HBO and CBS which actually you know was the leader in news it wasn't CBS that started 24 hour cable news but it was Ted Turner who eventually got bought by warners so it was th- th- these six movie companies essentially were able to extend their hegemony into everything else right didn't matter that they started it. When it got big enough, they got to buy it. Right. Okay. For the first time, they ain't buying.
2: Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. he told me that too, and he he admires Reed Hastings mm-hmm. more than anyone, and he he did. He talked
1: about Netflix. Yeah, quite a and bit. he
2: just thinks that they've blasted Hollywood into another universe.
1: And what do you think? What do you, do you think that Rome will win?
2: I never disagree with Barry Diller. I, or you? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think it will. Have you seen it? Roma? No, I, I don't know. You know, I. Is it too long for you? I used to be like
2: I grew up being so in love with movies in Hollywood, but they've been putting out such lame product for a long time, I'm not as
1: obsessed. Oh really? This one you'll like. I think you'll like. What's the last great movie you saw, Maureen? Mm, Shakespeare in Love. Oh what? Maureen, was <laughs> I was like know. I was like a teenager then. Come on. Come I on. Know. I don't know. You didn't like Black Panther? Oh, I did like Black Panther. I'm just not in
2: love that with That much of a, of a comic book.
1: Right. But there isn't been a movie. Go see Roma. You will like Roma. Okay. I swear to God. It was a very good movie and it was beautiful. You're not yeah, you know, I her. love Rachel Vice,
2: so yeah. I'm rooting for her. Oh, for the favorite. And favorites. she's saying that, you know, all these lesbians are coming up to her and thanking her for doing these two yes. great portrayals of lesbian relationships. She did.
1: She's been a real lesbian this
2: I year. I love her. Yep. I love Regina King, too, but I'm rooting for Rachel because she's so cool. Mm-hmm. And she gave me the scoop about her baby, the little
1: 007. Oh. Oh, so man. I love her for that too. love Bond. Do you know how much I love Bond? I love Bond. Do you ever notice? How, I put a tweet out this week that Stephen Miller looks like a Bond villain. <laughs> <laughs> That's really retweeted. It was amazing. It was astounding. Does he rise like to villain. that level? Well, though? then everybody sent pictures of all it's the more Bond like villains. Like Robert Shaw
2: <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, I don't know if Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller is like the guy who fetches cigarettes for the
1: Bond villain. Oh, really? Oh, true. Oh, true. That's true. Well, anyway, they sent set p- pictures, and he looked like every Bond villain, which was really amazing. All right, Maureen. Thank you so much for Thank doing you, this. Cara. I know that you, you think you're not witty and funny, but you really are I
2: would only do this for you. I, I was like up all night studying.
1: Uh, uh, did you? you no, I have a So, a so Twitter horse. Live is something I'm not going to get you to do, is it ever? No. I really want you to do that. You'd be an enormous star on Twitter. Do you understand that? But you that? told me I couldn't wear makeup. You can't wear
2: makeup. But I promised my sister I would never... Leave the house without mascara. <laughs> this is the one again. the
1: Trump people. This is <laughs> no, no. Yeah.
2: Well, no. There's a picture that's used from a Stephanopoulos book party where I don't have one mascara, and every time it's in the paper, she calls me and she goes. <laughs> Do not ever. <laughs> so it's going to be you versus
1: my sister. Oh man, I would like that. Yeah, you might. No win, mascara though. on my Twitter live, <laughs> Maureen. You know, we'll have how about just the back of your head, and you can just talk. Maybe. Maybe. All right, we're going to do it. I, you, I just have this feeling you'd be an enormous Twitter star. Anyway, you're. I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much for taking. You're much more interesting than Scott, and that's. But that's a very I love low bar. Scott. She's too. great. He is yeah, great. He's, he's terrific. Great. All right, it's time to get out of here. Thank you so much for coming on, Maureen. Again, I'll be back next week, Rebecca Sinanis produces this show. Nishat Kurwa is executive producer. Thanks also to Eric Johnson. Thanks again to Marie Dowd. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next week for more of a breakdown of all things tech and business. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening.